Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm Dina Marie Hale, your host, and with me in studio is Archbishop Alexander Sample. And today's program, we are going to discuss the Sacrament of Confession. So before we get started, lots of things that we can share about this. Would you please lead us in prayer? Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, I ask a special prayer blessing upon our listeners here tonight, Lord, that you open their hearts and their ears to this word, especially if, if they have been away from the sacrament of penance and reconciliation for a time. And maybe, Lord, especially those who maybe have written off this sacrament, Lord, I ask you to open their heart now uh, to receive a word that will touch them deeply and, and help them appreciate the great gift of love and mercy which you have poured out for us in your Son, especially in this holy sacrament. So, Father, this time is in your hands. Lead us and guide us. All these things we ask through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, the sacrament of reconciliation, confession. This is a sacrament. So let's just begin with what is confession? What is reconciliation? What does this mean as as many people who are, quote, uh, cradle Catholics, started as a young person to learn about preparing for a confession. But as we mature and we grow to teenage as young adults and now as adults, confession takes on a different way of deepening and opening up our heart to mercy. But what exactly is confession and how do we as Catholics approach this sacrament? Well, and that's a great place to start. Um, You know, the sacrament of, I mean, it goes by different names. It's Mm -hmm. the sacrament of reconciliation. It's the sacrament of penance. Mm -hmm. We call it commonly uh, confession. Most of the time when I say to somebody, I don't say, I'm going to celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation or I'm going to celebrate the sacrament of penance. I say, I'm going to confession. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to confess my sins. Um, Because this this is the gift that Jesus gave to us. This is the gift that Jesus gave to his church Mm. in order to continue to make available to all of us the gift of his reconciliation of ourselves to the Father through his passion, death, and resurrection. And the origins, you know, because a lot of times, you know, people especially if they're not Catholic. Uh, but sadly, we have even more and more Catholics who have just completely lost a sense of this sacrament and have just written it off and really have adopted the Protestant view. I Why do I have to tell my sins mm-hmm. to a priest? I can go just go directly to God. And quite honestly, when they point out the sins of the priests, <laughs> you know, uh, and they have they have a good point in in the sense that priests are sinners too. And when they say, "Well, come on, you know, you got all these priests have done these horrible things. Why should I go to them conf- for confession?" So there's a lot of there's a lot of 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 devaluation of this wonderful sacrament in the church. And I have to tell you something, good people. As a priest for now thirty plus years, 
this was one of the greatest things that attracted me to the priesthood, was to be able to be a minister of God's mercy in the sacrament of, of penance and reconciliation. So one of the things that attracted me to the priesthood, not not because I was a had a purient interest in listening to people's sins, it was this desire to be that bridge. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what the priest comes from the Latin pontifex, which is a bridge builder, to be that bridge between God and his people and reconciling them and bringing about that, that, that freedom, that forgiveness, that mercy. Uh, so as a priest, when I see the sacrament sort of poo-pooed and, and written off and made fun of or, or even told that it's not necessary, that strikes at the very heart of my priesthood. I have to say it, and I think it does for, for every priest. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it makes something that we were made for, that we were ordained for, seem unimportant. You know, and that's very personal, I realize, and that shouldn't be the heart of it. But, but I, I think people need to know that, that when, when people devalue the sacrament of penance, uh, it, it hurts the heart of a priest. Because we're, we're there by Christ's will to be the reconcilers, to be the instruments of his mercy and love, and we're just, we're rebuffed. Jesus is rebuffed in the sacrament. So this is the gift he gave to the church. And when did he give this gift to the church? He gave this gift to the church when? On the very night of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something important for, for our listeners to really understand. So important was this sacrament that Jesus, it was one of the first things he gave to the church after he rose from the dead. And we read in John's gospel that, you know, on, on that night, the, the night of the Sabbath or the, the day after the Sabbath in the evening, Jesus came and he stood in their midst and he said, what did he say? What were his first words to these guys who ran away on him, except John, God love St. John. When I when I think about who what bishop I might be descended from, I kind of part of me hopes it's Saint John. <laughs> I once stood by the Lord at the cross. Anyway, after the all these guys have run out on him, and now he's appearing to them for the first mm-hmm. time. What does he say to them? Peace be with you. Peace be with you. I'm sure when they first saw him, they might have thought, "Oh, oh, we're in for it now. Mm-hmm. He's alive and he's here." And we ran out on him. But what does he say? Peace be with you. And they were, you know, overcome. And so he showed them, he said, the gospel says, his hands and his feet. And when, once he showed them his hands and his feet, as if to say, look, it's really me. Look at the nail marks. There they are. Mm-hmm. And then he said to them again, peace be with you. He, in other words, he comes to bring peace. The first thing he brings after his terrible passion, suffering, death, and now resurrection what he comes to bring is peace, even to those who abandoned him, who denied him. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, so now I send you. And he's speaking to the apostles now, remember. He's speaking to those, those men that were at the Last Supper that he made priests at the Last Supper when he instituted the Holy Eucharist and told them, do this in memory of me. Yeah. These are the first priests of the church. They're the first bishops and they're the first priests of the church. Made so at the Last Supper. So these are his priests that he's talking to on the night of the resurrection. His bishops. And he says to them, as the Father has sent me, so now I send you. What did the Father send Jesus to do? He sent the Son of God to reconcile the world Mm -hmm. to the Father. To 
through his paschal mystery, his passion, death, and resurrection, to reconcile the world to God, to bring about the forgiveness of sins, and to restore that friendship with God, and to open up the way to eternal life, destroying eternal death forever. So he says, as the Father has sent me, so now I send you. Then he breathed on them. Only the second time God breathes on man. The first time he breathed breath, life into Adam at the creation. Now in the new creation, he breathes on these men again and says, receive the Holy Spirit whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven them. And whose sins you retain, they are retained. Mm-hmm. He gives, so, so we make the connection. As the Father has sent me, so now I send you. Whose sins you forgive, receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. So in other words, Jesus connects these things. The Father has sent me to reconcile sinners, to bring forgiveness of sins, reconciliation, eternal life. Now I send you to do the same, and now I'm breathing on you the Holy Spirit, and I'm giving you the authority to forgive sin in my name and in my very person. Now, how do we know this meant confession? Well, think of it. Jesus says, whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. In other words, if there's some sins that there's not sufficient penance or, rec- or, or uh, uh, um, what am I trying to say, contrition for, or not a willingness perhaps to make restitution, well, you're going to retain those sins. Well, how do you know whether you're going to bind or loose, whether you're going to retain or forgive? You have to know what the sins are. Mm-hmm. So there has to be confession. And this was the earliest practice of the church. You know, St. Paul even says, you know, confess your sins, you know, to one another. So from the earliest days, the church understood this. This is the greatest gift uh, that Jesus could, could ever have given to his church so that those sins we commit after baptism, and we're all sinners, except the Blessed Virgin Mary, mm-hmm. we're all sinners. Uh, we all sin after baptism. Baptism washes away all sin, original sin and personal sin, but we we all sin again. And so this restores the grace of our baptism. It makes us a new creation again. And and it's just, ah, I just, I love this sacrament, both as the minister of the sacrament and and quite honestly, uh, perhaps even more so as a recipient of this Mm -hmm. this sacrament, as a penitent myself who is so comforted by God's mercy in this wonderful sacrament. And Archbishop, as you explain that, I just think about... If we would really believe that, the intimacy that we do have with Christ, because we're not confessing to a man, we're confessing through that man to Christ. So if we want to engage and have a connection with Jesus, it's in the sacraments he's provided that. And we have this ability to pour out our soul when we do feel, I've turned away from the Lord, but he offers the peace. And as you said, this is a gift. If we just want to hear the word peace be with you, hmm. go to confession. Absolutely. Because this is where we do receive his peace when we're truly willing to say, I'm sorry, help me to not do this again. You know, and you put, you put that well in terms of the encounter with Jesus. This is an intimate encounter with Jesus in the sacrament. The priest, through ordination— uh, is configured sacramentally to Christ, the high priest. And uh, in that sacramental configuration, he's able to act and through the sacraments, in, in a little Latin phrase, in persona Christi, mm-hmm. in the person of Christ. And this is what we believe, my brothers and sisters, 
about the priesthood. And this is why there, there, there's such dignity to the priesthood, as we talked about in our last program, that the priesthood is this great gift that God gives because it's the person of Christ ministering to us now through a human being. So when the priest is there in the confessional, he is there in the person of Christ. And so when we come to confess our sins, yes, he is the what we call the instrumental cause, if you will, of, of, of forgiveness of sins. The priest actually does have the authority to forgive sins, but it is Christ in him mm-hmm. who, who is forgiving that sin because he's configured to Christ. Just like in the Eucharist, you know, you notice that when the priest is, is, is narrating the institution narrative at, at Mass and getting ready to consecrate, you know, he's saying, you know, uh, therefore, you know, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, he he gave the blessing, he broke the bread, he gave it to his disciples and said, now the priest doesn't say, and, and told them that it was his body and it was his blood. No, he takes on the words of Christ. He gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body, this is my blood. Now the priest is speaking the words of Jesus from the Gospels, but in the person of Jesus. It's really Jesus in the priest saying these words. Same in confession. When the priest pronounces the words of absolution, what does he say? God, the Father of mercies, through the death and resurrection of his Son, has reconciled the world to himself and sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins on that first night. By the Through the ministry of the church, may God give you pardon and peace and I absolve you from your sins. Not Jesus absolves you, not Christ absolves you, not God absolves you, not the Holy Spirit absolves you. I absolve you because Christ has given me through the sacrament of holy orders this authority, the same authority he gave to those apostles on the night of the resurrection that is handed on through the, through the bishops to the priests to be ministered to God's people. So it, it, it is a true encounter with the mercy of Jesus. And, you know, I, I, I think, you know, you hear the horror stories that people tell about, you know, their bad experiences in confession. And sadly, they're there. Mm-hmm. And we can't deny that, they, that they're there and have happened. But I'll tell you something. You know, I've been a priest for 30 plus years. I, and most of the priests, I, I don't know, I don't know who, sometimes who these priests are that people are talking about. Because every priest I know bends over backwards to be merciful, to be kind, to be compassionate, to be welcoming, uh, to be uh, reassuring uh, to, to the penitent. And the graver the sin, the greater the compassion. Right. You know, I mean, I've had some, some pretty, I've heard some pretty, you know, seriously, uh, uh, well, one would even say, you know, troubling confessions. But, but there is Christ to meet the sinner. In mercy, not judgment, not condemnation, not anger, uh, but mercy and forgiveness, like the like the prodigal son. That's why I love sometimes you'll see in a confessional uh, a picture of mm-hmm. uh, Rembrandt's uh, prodigal son, the yes. the father embracing the prodigal son who's turned away from his sin and turned back to the Lord. Um, I just I just don't want people to be afraid of the sacrament or nervous about the sacrament. They come to meet Christ, and I know most of us priests we bend over backwards. To, to be as kind and merciful. And, and, you know, most of my experiences, the penitent on the other side of the screen, are, are, are very compassionate, very kind. Yeah, once in a while, you get a priest maybe who's a little bit cranky or, or you might get a priest that's a little bit quick and short with things and, and uh, 
but then sometimes you get a priest who, <laughs> you know, yammers on and on uh, too, you know, and 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 that's one of the things. Uh, so, but 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 my experience as a penitent, and I'm a regular penitent, and I think people need to understand that priests, bishops, the Pope, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're we're sinners too, and I'm a great sinner, and I need the sacrament of penance desperately. And I go pretty frequently, but I kind of average about every two weeks. I find this sacrament so healing and so so strengthening. You know, uh, John Paul II, Pope St. John Paul II, it's, it's said that he went to confession every day. Right. <laughs> you know, I suppose if you're guiding the universal church, maybe you, you, you need it more. But so, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're very invested ourselves personally on, on our side uh, of the sacrament. But, you know, I, I would like to when, do a follow-up to that. But, you know, at some point I, I want to just talk about how to make a good confession. Right, right, exactly. And I think that's what mm. may prevent people from getting back into that habit of confession is, okay, what exactly am I to do? Now, again, I learned as an adult because I didn't grow right, up in the right, Catholic right, Church. Right. So I had to fit. what are the things that I say? <laughs> what are the prayers? Do I need to memorize them? Is there a autocratic way? You know, how do I prepare myself to make that good confession? Right, okay. Uh, there are, are, are three acts of the penitent, okay, the person going to confession. That's called the penitent. There are three acts that, that, that we have to do. Well, in in the, in the sacrament, but prior to the sacrament, uh, we have to make a good examination of conscience. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing to do is to prepare ourselves by doing a good examination of our conscience. Because uh, sometimes, you know, people will come into the confessional and, and they're lost. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to confess. You can tell they have not prepared well. A lot of, sometimes you get kids with this too, you know, kids come in and you know, they, they just have no idea what to say because uh, they've not, they've not examined their conscience. So, you know, and, and there are good examination of consciences out there. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about a written guide that will mm-hmm. usually take you through the Ten Commandments and by, under each command will ask you a series of questions. You know, have I done this? Have I thought this? Have I felt this? Uh, you know, and just, it, it, it's a good way to, to just, Probe deeply into your conscience to to get everything out there. Um, so do a good examination of conscience. And you know, sometimes priests used to, you know, at least when I was growing up, they would make fun of, you know, they don't, we don't want the laundry list confession. You know, we want it, you know, from the heart. Well, you know, I a lot of times in my life, I've made up a list, uh, or at least notes mm-hmm. that I take into confession because I don't want to forget anything. You know, sometimes, sometimes priests and bishops get nervous in confession, too, yeah. and I know people do, and you don't want to forget something, and there's nothing worse than leaving the confessional and being in the car on the way home and saying, oh, I forgot to say that. So I don't mind people bringing in notes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, little lists or, or, or things to prod their, their memory as they make their confession, because I want them to make a good and thorough confession. So after doing a good examination of conscience, then we come to the sacrament, and the first thing I'd say is, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Have courage. You're going to meet Christ, Jesus. Look how he treated sinners in the gospel. Look how he treated the woman caught in adultery. Look how he he treated the adulterous woman at the well. Uh, Look how he treated uh, Zacchaeus, the tax collector. You know, look how he treated sinners. It's with tenderness and compassion and kindness. So don't be afraid. But then you come to the sacrament, and, and don't be overly concerned about formality and the, uh, the, the, the ritual. Um, you know, it's, it's not, you don't have to say exactly the right words, but generally 
the 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 what you come to with to confession is uh, your contrition, your sorrow. So you you have to have contrition, true sorrow for your sins. You're really sorry for these sins, and you know I've uh, maybe once or twice in my time I've had somebody in confession who just flat out told me they weren't sorry. You know I said, well that's going to be a little problem for me then. You know because I can't absolve you if you're not sorry. You know so I usually I get them to say something that gives <laughs> some semblance of sorrow that I can that I can work with. But but we have to come with our contrition, right. our sorrow for our sins. Then we have to confess our sins. I guess what I'd like to say here, now this is going to sound very tongue-in-cheek and maybe a little irreverent, but uh, remember Dragnet? Just the facts, ma'am. Folks, just confess your sins simply. Number and kind for grave sins. So if you've committed a mortal sin, a grave sin, uh, you need to confess the, the nature of the sin, the kind of sin you've committed, and the number of times. For our venial sins, we don't have to be as specific about number. Uh, we do have to, you know, confess kind, of course, you know, what we're confessing. But we need to especially confess our mortal sins. Those are the ones we really need to confess to be forgiven. And that's in number and kind. But we can also confess our venial sins. We, and we can go to confession without mortal sins and to confess our venial sins. And there's great grace in that. But really, folks, please just stick to naming what the sin is. And if it's a mortal sin, then the, the number of times you've committed the sin. Don't go into lengthy explanations. Mm-hmm. Or justifications. People are waiting usually to go to confession. I used to get people so mad at me because I'd drag on too long with penitence and then people are waiting to go to confession. Then mass has to start and then some people didn't get into confession. Be considerate of the people behind you in line. This isn't a time for spiritual direction. This isn't a time for counseling. This is a time for confession of your sins and to be absolved and freed from those sins. So so just just be very simple in your confession. Mm-hmm. No lengthy explanations. We don't need to know all the details. You know, you get these, you know, and don't confess somebody else's sins. Right. Your spouses. <laughs> yeah, your sometimes others, you get brothers. spouses, you know, yes. confessing <laughs> their, their, you know, you, they, we, it, it, we don't need a long, we don't need the whole context. We don't need the whole context of, of in which this happened. And then once we're finished, then, then we, we listen to the advice of words from the priest. And I advise confessors out there. Remind them as well, this is not a time for spiritual direction. This is not a time for counseling. I, I urge priests not to be overly verbose uh, in their counsel given to penitents. You want to say something. You know, you want it to be a little bit personal and that you, the priest has really heard what you've said and has taken it to heart and is going to give you a little piece of advice that's going to really apply to what you just said. But, but you know, this isn't a time to give a treatise on on sin or on the moral life or on prayer. Uh, this is a time to give a few words of encouragement and advice and and a penance. So then the priest will give you a penance. Uh, usually it's a prayer or it might be some act that he'll ask you to do to make satisfaction for your sins. And that's the third thing that the, the penitent does. He makes satisfaction because our, our sins cause harm to ourselves and to others. Even the most solitary sin that we might commit has an effect on others because it, we're a member of the body of Christ and, and, and what one member does affects the whole body. So all of our sins are, are, have that effect. So we need to do uh, uh, satisfaction for them. We need to sort of make up for them, do some penance for them. Mm-hmm. And that's what the penance is, is for, to show our desire to change our life. You know, oftentimes a penance relates to maybe something we confessed. You know, if we said we haven't prayed much, you know, I've been neglecting my prayer life. Well, the priest might say, okay, your penance is to spend 15 minutes, you know, and just in quiet prayer with the Lord and asking him to help you, 
you know, be more faithful to prayer, whatever it might be. In other words, that's the kind of penances at least I, I would tend to give. So then you get your penance. Then the priest will ask you to make an act of contrition, which is to express your sorrow for your sins. And yeah, we have the traditional memorized ones, oh my God, I'm heartily sorry for having offended thee, etc. Or, oh my Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins and choosing to, that's kind of the newer one. But it doesn't have to be formal. It's good to know those prayers, and they're wonderful prayers, and they do express it properly. But you can just say as little as, uh, Lord Jesus, be merciful to me, a sinner. Or you can just say, I'm sorry, God, for my sins. It's, it's just that there has to be some expression of your sorrow and contrition for your sins. Yes, we tend to prefer the formalized, uh, memorized formulas. It's good to memorize prayers and have them handy. Uh, so I, I, I want to encourage people to do that. But it's not necessary that you use a specific formula. But it's, what's necessary is that you express your sorrow for your sin. Yeah. And then the priest does his part. He gives you absolution. Absolution. Mm-hmm. I absolve you from your sins, and the Lord has freed you from your sins. Go in peace. Go in peace. Back to those words of Jesus. Right. And the night of the resurrection. Peace be with you. Your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Mm-hmm. And just if we could imagine being like that apostle experiencing that breath of God, it is during that moment in the confession where we receive that absolution and that weight is being lifted off. We're giving that burden over to the Lord Absolutely. willingly because I think the temptation would be to take that yep. take that back. And so please give that to the Lord. And I just want to encourage our listeners to be able to look for those good. There are so many written down or online or on an app, those ways of making a good examination yep. of conscience that we can go through the Ten Commandments. There's lots of good questions. The Fathers of Mercy come to mind. They, they make a really beautiful program, but there's so many that people can look at to prepare well. And then to do your penance, I think it to keep that in mind, following that confession through that weekend, through that week of, okay, Lord, how am I going to take a, a different step forward in a positive direction towards your mercy? Right. And to remember one final thing is that, um, you know, the ordinary way, the only ordinary way to be forgiven of mortal sin is through confession. Confession, And, and so... Please, people, don't stay away. Uh, the Lord uh, uh, wants to, to heal you and to have that feeling. I love walking out of confession. Yeah. I feel like you got to grab onto my feet and hold me down to the ground. So be not afraid. Be not afraid. Wonderful. Archbishop, would you please help us close yes. with your blessing? Lord, I ask your abundant grace and blessing upon all of our listeners to this program. Lord, I ask you to especially touch the hearts of those who are out there who, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, Lord, it doesn't matter have stayed away from the sacrament of penance and reconciliation for a long time. Maybe they've rationalized it. Maybe they've made excuses why they don't need it. Uh, Lord, break through their hearts now with your mercy, with your love, with your great compassion, and help them to open themselves to the great gift of your mercy and love, which your Son, Jesus himself, has given to the Church. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families, your loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you so much for joining us on this edition of The Voice of the Shepherd on Mater Day Radio. We do look forward to sharing with you once again next week. And for Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. Until our next encounter, may you have a blessed week and peace be with you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. 
please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.